You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search the soul. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. This is it. It's our final game preview of 2018 um, as the season comes to a slow and painful end. Um, but, you know, we have one more game preview, one more time that we can predict offensive and defensive players of the game, one more time that we can disagree on a final score prediction and neither one of us end up being anywhere close to right. But, hey, we're going to have some fun doing it because Monday starts a whole new year. Well, whole new football year for Bucks fans. The new year actually starts on Tuesday. But, David, all that being said, how you doing, buddy? Did you have a good, uh, did you have a good Christmas? I did, yeah. We had a we had a good Christmas. I hope, I hope yours as well as well. And then, uh, yeah, my son's birthday was the twenty sixth, so we had a nice little get together for that as well. Uh, yeah, a good little holiday weekend, little little break. And I'm I'm currently on vacation from work until after the New Year. So, growing my beard out and just kind of enjoying the family time that I get. Heck yeah, yeah. You gotta love it. Absolutely have to love it. So, let's go ahead and dive into. Um, Dive into the Falcons and the Bucks. Of course, I did my crossover Wednesday episode with Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. I yeah, it, it dropped late Wednesday night, so most of you probably heard Locked On or, or uh, crossover Wednesdays on Thursday. But I just, you know, it's the end of the season. I don't, as I said to Aaron, I don't really see much else changing. I don't see the holding penalties magically being fixed. I don't see the mental mistakes magically being fixed. I don't see the connection between Jameis and Deshaun Jackson, if he even plays, I doubt he will, magically being fixed. And of course, the report out on Thursday was that Deshaun Jackson wants out. He doesn't like Dirk Cutter. The chemistry wasn't there with Jameis Winston. He wants out. He's going to get his wish. I have absolutely no fear about that. The question is, are the Bucks going to try to trade him or are they just going to release him? And you know how that goes. Teams usually won't trade any picks uh, if they know the player is being released, but maybe they want to make sure that they get him for that one year. It could be one of those teams on the cusp of, of being able to win a championship. Um, you look at, at the Patriots, the Josh Gordon problems, they could use that, that fast, deep threat. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, teaming up, Deshaun and Tyreek Hill would be insane and and a, a lot of fun to watch. And Sammy Watkins can't stay healthy there. So there could be some teams that say, hey, we'll throw you a sixth-round pick. We'll throw you a seventh-round pick just to ensure that we get him for a year. But, yeah, Deshaun's time with the Bucks is pretty much over. But there's still one more game to play. David, how do you kind of see things going against the Atlanta Falcons? I don't know. It's real interesting, you know, and and, and the – the problem we've always had doing these episodes, these final preview episodes for the week is that we record on Thursdays. The episode drops on Friday and that's supposed to be our last episode of the weekend. And as, as everybody knows, or most people at least know the most critical injury report is Fridays. 
Like that's where you really find out who has a chance to play and who doesn't have a chance to play. And when you have two teams that are out of the playoff hunt and kind of in a situation where they don't really know exactly where the future is going to take them. I mean, the Falcons and the Bucks both have had some serious injuries. Um, there's some coaching concerns there. I don't, I don't know if the Falcons coaching staff is, is as hot on their seat as the Bucks uh, coaching staff appears to be. But anytime you don't have a successful season, there's always questions about the future and what's going to happen. And of course, you've also got fans on both sides of the, of the aisle talking about tanking. Um, you and I both sit on the same side of that aisle. We don't want tanking. We want to see our team win. 0-15 and, and one more loss gets you a guaranteed first first overall pick. I still want to see my team win. Don't care. But it's kind of like what Brent Allen of the Peter Cast and I talked about the last time he was on. Uh, and James, I don't know if you've had a chance to go back and, and catch that episode. It was a little while ago. But basically, there's tanking as in going onto the field of play and saying, okay, guys, lose on three. One, two, three, lose. And then there's tanking in the form of, hey, young guys, why don't you go in there and get some playing time and some experience? We'll let the vets kind of rest over here and go out there and do the best you can. And in the back of everybody's head, it's kind of like, yeah, we know you're probably not going to win the game, but that's okay. Um, because again, these, these guys, Carmen has talked about on the show, these guys go through the equivalent of a car accident every time they play the game of football. You can't send people out there and tell them to go through that kind of punishment and tell them that the purpose behind them going through that punishment is to lose a game to potentially set up the franchise to draft the player that's going to put them out of a job seven months later. Like you, you just can't do that. Okay. Um, so the players that are on the field are going to play to win, but who's going to be on the field. And that's where we kind of get tricky with week 17, because some of these guys who are on the injury report right now as limited in practice or did not participate. Like you look at Carl Nassif, he's a, he's a DNP for Wednesday and Thursday is he going to be a DMP for Friday? And does that mean he's not going to play Sunday? And is he not going to play Sunday because it's this current situation and this team with this record? Or is he not going to play Sunday because he's legitimately hurt? Like those are all questions we don't have the answers to, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, I think what we're going to see is two non-playoff teams playing their last game of the season, knowing they're not in the playoffs, which means you're not going to, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of people really laying it all on the line to try to get the win. They're going to try to win, but I don't, I don't anticipate a whole lot of, you know, like you're not going to see Calvin Ridley take, you know, take off from his feet, jump five yards in the air or, you know, uh, stretch out five yards through the air to try to lay his body out on the line for a third and seven reception. I, I just don't think it's going to happen, but you'll see some guys out there who are on the field wanting to get a W just not willing to put their health on the line to get that W if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot like the the college football debate that we're starting to see where you have these yeah. key players sitting out games. I mean, for I, I understand both sides. And, and as you mentioned, we sit on the same side. I've never rooted for one of my teams to to quote unquote tank a game or, or lose on purpose. But there are people that sit there and say, you know, they they should lose for that draft pick or they you know, they need to go out there and they need to win. That's their job. That's what they get paid to do. But is it worth it in a in a game where you know the the best you can do is drop six draft spots and Jameis Winston gets his ACL blown out and he misses all of 2019? Like, what do you do at that point? Or Mike Evans, you know, breaks his femur and he's going to miss 
you know, the first eight weeks of, of next season recovering and have surgeries and, and screws and a metal rod put in his leg, you know, may never be the same receiver. And, and those are the things that you have to look at. Like, is, is that worth it? And that's why I don't blame these college kids to say, you know what, I'm not playing in the, you know, uh, Jurgens, you know, happy face emoji bowl because it's meaningless. And, and I could, I could destroy my future. I could destroy my life getting hurt in a game like this when it doesn't mean anything. So I definitely see both sides of it. But at the end of the day, you know, whoever's on the field, you're right, is going to be playing, you know, play to win the game. Yeah, that's what they're, that's what they're going to go out there and do. Um, that's Arizona so, State head football coach Herm Edwards, by the way. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have you know Herm Edwards than Lovey Smith. Stupid Illinois. Agreed. And their stupid stupidness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, David, let's go ahead and dive into our usual Friday stuff. And uh, why don't you go ahead and kick it off with who you think will be your your your, uh, your predictive offensive player of the game? Yeah, so my offensive player this weekend is going to be Jameis Winston, and I, and I know it's kind of low hanging fruit and it's kind of the easy pick because he's the quarterback, and of course, and everybody's eyes are on him because everybody's eyes are always on him. Um, but if there's one player on the field who's going to put it all on the line for a win no matter what your record is, no matter what time the season is, no matter what your playoff status is, it's Jameis Winston. Like, I don't think Jameis Winston knows how to play football other than 100% full, you know, 100 miles per hour, full speed ahead all day, every day, preseason, regular season, postseason. I just, I don't think the, the, the man has a sandbag bone in his body, if that makes sense. Uh, so because of that, I think Jameis is, is going to be, kind of probably the most fun player to watch this weekend. I think he's going to be out there trying to will his guys to a win and keep their spirits up. Even if, you know, like I said, maybe Mike Evans goes out there knowing, Hey, I got the rest of my career to worry about. I don't really got to worry about 2018. You know, uh, he's going to be out there trying to get Mike Evans to care about 2018, maybe more than, than most players would uh, otherwise. All right. I, uh, I actually agree with everything that, that you just said. I, I do believe that, that Jameis is the, you know, he's the guy that is full throttle 100% of the time. He, he hates losing preseason games. Um, so I do like that pick. I am going to go with, I mean, if Jameis is going all out, 100% all in, someone's going to have to help him get there. Someone's going to have to help him get those stats, get in the end zone. And I'm going with the star, the man who many blame for the Buccaneers drafting Vita Vea instead of Quentin Nelson, the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Godwin. I like Godwin a lot in this game, especially if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play. Um, he had a few bad weeks, and he yeah. he bounced back pretty well against the Cowboys yeah, he he made some key receptions, you know, and of course there was one or two that were that were brought back for penalties. But you know, that's every player on on the Bucks offense they lose some sort of big gain or or big play because of a, a stupid penalty from Jensen or Benenock or Donovan Smith. Um, but I like I like the matchup against the Falcons. I like what Godwin can do against that secondary. 
And if they're going to key on someone to try to stop them, it's going to be Mike Evans. So I look for Godwin to have a big game. Yeah, I like it. And Godwin was definitely uh, towards the top of my list of guys I might pick. And I'm really hoping, I mean, really all you can really get from this game is um, uh, like a hint of the future. And similar to what Godwin did last year against the Saints there in the last game, getting that game-winning touchdown, it really kind of set in motion, I think, all the hype that kind of surrounded him, you know, and the coach coming out and basically saying he's a starting caliber wide receiver and, and all that stuff. I mean, he was already on his way to becoming a fan favorite when the Saints game happened and then the game winning touchdown on top of all the training camp comments just kind of, you know, took it into overdrive. And I think he still is. You know, I think I think the fans still believe Chris Godwin is uh, a key part of the future of this of this franchise. But he like you said, he's definitely had a rough couple of outings uh, prior to the Cowboys game. So hopefully we get to see him finish strong uh, as a sign of good things to come for you know, 2019 and beyond. All right. Well, who is your predictive defensive player of the game? Uh, I'm going to go with Vita Vea. He's, he's, you know, he's he a has player. been your guy like five of the last six weeks. <laughs> and I love it. You know, so it was between him and one other person. I'm going to, I'm going to save my other person till after you're done and then I'll unveil it, even though I don't think you're going to pick him anyway. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing more. So, you know, and anybody who's been listening to our podcast since draft season or before that knows, I, I'm not the biggest Vita Vea person. Like, I still, to this day, would say, like, if you push me in a corner and made me give you an honest answer, I would tell you that I still don't think the Buccaneers should have drafted Vita Vea when they did. Granted. But just like uh, Roberto Aguayo, just like Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ryan Griffin, I, if they're playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want them to be successful. Whether I agreed with the draft pick or not, they're Bucks, so I want them to do well. You know what I mean? So when Vita Vea was drafted, I said, I don't agree with it. Here's why. Here's what I saw on tape that made me think the thing that I think. However, hopefully I'm wrong, and I'll be more than happy to be wrong. And it's still too late. It's too late to call. It's too early to call him a bust, and it's too early to call him a successful draft pick. However, he has done much better in these last few weeks than I expected him to in his rookie year. Uh no, no first round draft pick. Like even, uh, I'm not trying to rile you up, but even Derwin James right uh, now has not again. fully justified his draft position. You can't justify a draft position in one year unless you were a Super Bowl winning quarterback in your rookie season as a first round draft pick. That's the only way. Like even if the Chargers win a, the Super Bowl, nobody is going to look back at the 2018 San, or Los Angeles Chargers, sorry, and be like, oh man. Derwin James, that's what put them all into play. No, they're going to say Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon. You know what I mean? Like Derwin's name might come up, but the only the only, only rookie that's going to warrant a first-round draft pick in the first year where you can no doubt say this guy was worth his draft stock is a quarterback, right? So it's too early to label any of these guys busts, any of these guys successes, even Ronald Jones, you know, it's just way too early. But a lot of people were doing it. A lot of people were already calling Vita a bust and, and all this stuff. Even before he stepped on the field, they were calling him a bust. So to see him doing well and see him kind of silence some of those critics is is really good. And I'm really happy for him. I'm really happy for the team. Um, and I'm really happy for what it says for the future because GMAC is getting older. You know, every year, every every time there's guys calling for him to get traded, released, whatever. Um, but bottom line is he's he's on the wrong side of, of 30 years. He's about to be, I don't know. But he's getting older. He's not going to be around forever. Uh, it's time for the Buccaneers to figure out who's going to anchor that defensive line for the future. 
And it looks anyway like Vita Vea is on his way to becoming that person. So I really want to see him finish 2018 strong to further prove me wrong and prove everybody else who called him a bust wrong. Even I never called him a bust, just for the record. But for That's those true. who did call did him not. a bust, I want them to be proved wrong even further. And I'm loving that right now it's looking like I was wrong about criticizing that draft pick. All right. You know, it's amazing that somebody can can have an opinion and when it looks like their opinion was wrong, they can they can admit that and not get upset. <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to go with Jason Pierre-Paul because you put hosting duties on me and – even though we made the rule that we can't pick JPP except for the Giants game, I host the show, so I make the rules, and I'm cheating, and I'm taking JPP just because I love him so much. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you on it. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, to go along with Vea, I mean, he and he and JPP have been have been great down the stretch, and I, I am concerned about the injury. Um, with Carl Nassib, uh, maybe it's you know, if if he goes on to play, maybe his snaps are limited. So that that edge presence, that edge pass rush is going to have to to come from Jason Pierre-Paul, and as he always does, I think he'll step up to the challenge. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what this um, Nassib JPP Vea uh, trio can continue to do moving into 2019, assuming that they retain uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, but with the way he's played, I don't see how they, how they couldn't uh, unless it's strictly a financial decision. If someone new comes in uh, to take over for Jason light and decides to just blow the whole thing up. And, and you know how much I love Gerald McCoy and we'll get into more of these kind of discussions as we uh, head into the off season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big Gerald McCoy guy. I really do. I like him a lot. But with the amount of money that he costs compared to the amount of money that Jason Pierre-Paul costs, I would rather the Bucks move on from McCoy and save that money and let it go to JPP because I do feel that Vea is starting to come into his own so they'll still have the interior presence. And JPP is just – he's the more dangerous defensive player for, for the Bucks. So I'm going to go with JPP just because, you know, he's awesome and I love him. Um, yeah, no, I, I like the pick. So real quick, I'll tell you who I was thinking as a backup. Okay. Even though I knew you were going to pick him, I just, I just want I didn't want to risk it. Uh, it's no expense. So no, absolutely listen, not. Listen, nope. listen, listen, listen. I will you know listen that sometimes nothing. I like to go in different ways with my player, quote unquote player of the game. Right. So I'm not saying no expense is going to come out and have like three sacks, four sacks. Whatever. I'm curious. Like this is why he's my like player, quote unquote, one of my players of the game. I'm just watching for him. I want to see what's going to happen. If Carl Nassib can't play, period, like if he just misses the entire game, Vinny Curry has had his snaps cut way down. And he's he's a veteran. You know, he's been around for a little bit, but it also means his body can't just – like you can't just take him. I think he had 32 snaps last week. Uh, you can't go from that to like 80 just overnight. You know what I mean? You're just asking to get a dude hurt. So – I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, is it if if Nassib can't go, is it going to be kind of a Curry Will Golston split on that side, or is Noah going to get a few defensive snaps? And if he gets some defensive snaps, I'm going to be interested to see what his effort is like. What he's if he looks like a dude 
who's out there looking to prove that he deserves more playing time in the future, or if he's a guy who's kind of just reserved to his role and being a quote unquote second round bust. Uh, I don't know, even though I, I really kind of have like a, a bad taste. I don't really like to call second round players busts anyway, period. So anyway, but that's a whole different conversation, but that's why I say no expenses because if NASA doesn't go 100%, just does not dress is not active what does that mean for that rotation? Because if that if Spence doesn't get any defensive snaps with Carl Nassib out, then you know this coaching staff, including Coach Buckner, is just done with this kid. Like his status as an impact player for this Buccaneers defense is non-existent, uh, which it might already be. But if Nassib is completely out of the game and he gets zero defensive snaps, then that is your final nail in the coffin as far as his Buccaneers career goes. He's a special teams player or nothing. And you can just basically call it done. Well, I, here's here's my hot take um, regarding Noah Spence, and I will correlate the two Tampa teams. Steven Stamkos mm-hmm. will have more goals between the Thursday night game that will be completed by the time you're listening to this and the Saturday night game then Noah Spence will have snaps. He's already got, what, one goal? Two. He's, He's got, got two? two goals tonight. Is he the one who scored since we've been recording? Yep. Yeah, I don't have my glasses on. I saw somebody score, but I don't have my glasses on. Okay. That's, yeah, and, that's, and that's, that's fully possible. But that's just one thing, talking about the future, that I'm looking to see on Sunday uh, because that's going to speak volumes. I still think, I, and you know this, I've, I've, I'm a big Noah Spence fan as an individual, but I've said this since the Bucks drafted him, that I think he he fits better as a 3-4 outside linebacker, uh, pass rushing linebacker. Um, I don't think he was agree with as you. a 4-3 defensive end. I never did. And not for nothing, but he hasn't really suited, he hasn't really panned out as a 4-3 defensive end. Doesn't mean I'm right in that he would be a great 3-4 outside linebacker, pass rushing linebacker. But at least half of what I think is right. He's not. He's not a very good four-three edge rusher. Uh, so you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. Yeah, I mean, I always liked his raw talent, but something just didn't click with him uh, in Tampa. So, uh, with that, David, let's go ahead and do our final score predictions and get out of here because we are coming up against the time. Um, for those that listen to Crossover Wednesdays on Thursday. Uh, I already gave my score prediction, which was the Falcons winning by a score of 31 to 30. I do think it's going to be close, uh, but I do think it's only fitting that after Mike Smith was fired following Falcons loss number one, that Dirk Cutter will ultimately be fired after Falcons loss number two. So, David, how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I've got Atlanta winning as well. Um, I'm, I'm going 28-24. Uh, I think a little bit of a lower score. Not much, but a little bit of a lower scoring affair. Like I said, I just I kind of get the feeling it's going to be more of a preseason type of atmosphere. Uh, you know, if, if I'm being 100% honest, if we didn't get paid to cover it, I probably wouldn't watch it. Um, I would uh, watch the Packers and Lions game because Pat McAfee is doing commentary, and it's going to be gold. Is he really? He is. He's the color commentator for Packers Lions, and I cannot wait. I'm going to DVR the game just to watch his commentary. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be pulling that up. 
uh, <laughs> on, on Game Pass at some point in time and watching that broadcast tape. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's just it's week 17. There's a whole lot of playoff implications out there. It's divisional rivalry week. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot of decisions. So, like the Chargers game is important. You know, um, yeah. There, there's just a lot of. It's not because I don't love the Bucks, but it's just this type of year. That's the intrigue. That's the drama that you want. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. We're in the situation we're in. Hashtag it's Bucks life, right? Everybody's kind of used to it right now. Um, but we're going to watch it and we're going to cover it and we're going to bring you our thoughts on Monday and on the website there. And, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll do what we've done all year and, and give you guys the best input and the best uh, analysis that we can provide you. So, but anyway, yeah, 28, uh, 24 Falcons. All right. Well, with that, David, we are going to get out of here, but I made all of you a promise. I, I told you that the the contest for the Quan Alexander jersey was coming to an end. The drawing again live on Twitter on the at Locked On Bucks account, and to be entered in, you have to send us your voicemails, and they have to be played on the show. You guys followed through. You guys came through with us. You sent us a bunch of voicemails, but we want more. We want more, and because we want more, and because you guys answered the call and you sent us your voicemails, David and I will be doing a special weekend bonus episode of rapid fire voicemails. So outside of us recording Friday night at, I'm going to say, David, we're going to record at 8.30 p.m. Get your voicemails in before 8.30 p.m. on Friday to be part of our rapid-fire voicemail episode over the weekend. Then, send us your reaction calls following the Bucks falcons game. Because if your voicemail is not played on Monday's episode, that's it. The contest will be done. All, all the entries will be locked following the Monday episode. So, to do so, give us a call at 813 813- We already have some voicemails on the docket ready to go. Send us more. Send us your questions. Send us your your choice for who you want the Bucs to hire as the head coach. Just make sure you're keeping it under a minute or within that one-minute range and keep it family-friendly. We are a family-friendly show. We want you to be able to listen in the car with your kids, so don't be cursing. I know they allow that on other podcasts. There are some days that I wish we allowed it on our own. But get us those voicemails again. The number is 813-444-5841. And we will be drawing for that autographed Quan Alexander jersey on New Year's Day. So we would like to thank you all for joining us. Make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We will talk to all of you again on Saturday, and thanks so much for joining us right here at LockedOnBucks. Bucks.